Now to growing concerns about the deadly coronavirus officially hitting the U.S. The coronavirus emergency. It's a tremendous health threat. 4,000 people are in quarantine. Are being asked to self-quarantine. Mandatory quarantine. Y'all up in them big cities running around in them little old crowded apartments. Everybody's under quarantine. I've taken social distancing to a new level. They said, what'd you do? I did what I always do. Get up in the morning, get me a shot of coffee, stay in the woods. Well, I've chosen to be about halfway quarantined, three-fourths of the way quarantined, 90% quarantined on my own. Next few weeks, we'll just give you a glimpse of what being under quarantine, pulling back, pull away from the fast lane. We're running out of toilet paper. It's already kind of like on a roll for me. How much do you need? The finer things of life could disappear like that. What do you do then? Starve to death? Not this bunch. You want to see roughly what time it is? Pretty good way to tell time and see what direction you're having all at the same time. It's about peace of mind, tranquility. We're all away from the coronavirus. Wisdom, discernment. You'd have a mess unless you had gray beards. If you got a gray beard, you're like, stay ahead of it, prepare. We make the most of it. Complete peace of mind living within that. I'll show you how to do it. You can take it or leave it. Your call. I am unashamed. What about you? process keeps you from being free. I mean, it's just the way it is. Yeah. Rules, 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 rules. I'm always going to err wow. on the side of grace. All right, we ready to start? I thought we had started. No. I'm, well, we had to that big belt, so then that was... I think that kind of... <laughs> I'm talking about grace and, and Phil's belt. <laughs> so, I guess we're... Welcome to the, the uh, quarantined, unashamed... Command center. Lockdown, uh, lockdown. We are in some strange days, boys. This is a. Phil, you're looking like a genius now. Yeah. And, and so I, I, am I. I Pe- people used to call me a germaphobe for not yep. wanting to shake people's hands. And now they're like, boy, that guy was a genius before. Well, now time. even your fist bump is is out, you know, because no hand to hand. So it's more a, and more they're oh. vindicating me by saying, uh, they've done a recent study that where you, you need to, to, at a certain period of time, do not use your cell phone. I mean, your children, they're beginning, and I'm sitting there listening to them, and I'm like, well, I was the fool who said, I don't know, that's a little now, Wait a minute. Who said don't use your cell phone? Well, I, I, I mean, they come out with a study the other day, and they've recommended they don't, don't use them in whatever for a period of time. But the bottom line is, I, I haven't heard said, that. I missed that study. I, I, that's only on Fox News. 
<laughs> well, then it has to. They got to right. remember something. You say I've, I've never gone around and say everybody ought to ought to get rid of their cell phones. I've just made the statement that I don't that want one. Is there some tie? I don't with... mind if you have cell phones because the only way people are hearing us right now. It's on cell phones. Or a computer. So right. if everybody did what I did, there wouldn't be any cell phones. Does this phones. have anything to do with the coronavirus, or is this a different issue? No, it can't go through the, the, the satellite, but which is a safe, it's a safe device when it comes to coronavirus. You won't get it through the satellite beaming down on the on the. Well, tower. let's hope not. Oh, we're... So was it, was it not using other people's cell phones? I mean, I was trying to – so it doesn't link to, this, to the virus. It said the, 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 this uh, study said – you, oh, you need I see what to curtail saying. the amount of time you have a cell phone right next I to got your you. Ear. I got you. Yeah, I've heard that before. Okay, like, well, I don't know how we got off on that. Well, Me either. <laughs> because when you're in quarantine like that, that's what happens. Oh, well, so I'm they did tell y'all it. I'm, I'm self quarantined, no doubt about it, without a cell phone. You say, well, you have. You're you're pretty well out of luck. Well, they well, not said really because we're doing this now, we're being filmed, <laughs> and people with cell phones are hearing what it's like That's to right. be under self quarantine. Well, right. you know what they said today? They said people over the age of sixty five should self quarantine. And I'm here to tell them I've been under self quarantine <laughs> basically for about a decade. <laughs> I was going to say 50 years. It may go back further than that. You're oh, right. I mean. So so just just to let our audience know, I'm going to tease what we're about to do. We hadn't worked it all out yet, but on Dad's other show, which is called In the Woods with Phil, we're going to do In the Woods with Phil, the quarantine series. So if you haven't checked out that show, it's, it's going to be – but look, in a serious way uh, to talk about it, you have discovered uh, – you and Mom – and it's a carrying on tradition from Granny and Paul, a lot of ways to be able to take care of yourself and feed yourself without having, you know, the I've run said, on I've Walmart. said this before. If you had pulled up in front of the Robertson's house when I was a boy, all seven children, if you had pulled up there in, in 1950, yeah. you would have thought if you pulled up there, that it was 1850. If you had looked at the log house, the children standing in the yard, the no, no bathtub, the, no, no hot water mm-hmm. unless you boil it, and if you just looked around, walked around, there's a milk cow down there. There's three or four hogs over in the pen, a mule, and if you just looked – down around the barn, if you just looked around, you'd say, no, this is not 1950. This is 1850. Right. Well, my dad, he, he was, he, he was 18. He, he didn't, he didn't get on get on board with 1950 and high tech, whatever. No, it, it was a very, very low tech, no, no medicinal, no medicines. It's just, I mean, you know, and I no, think about no, no regiment of pills, well, people, people also it. died. At the uh, they were the average lifespan was actually lower. Yeah, you know, I mean, so. yeah, well, it was, I I'm mean, just for I'm sure. not saying whether you're going to live. I mean, right. you know, Paul made it to eighty four, you know, eighty four, and Mom made it to ninety six. Yeah. I'm just saying. Well, know, yeah. it was a very but, simple, and type. they were definitely. I mean, because we lived out here with them for 15 years. I would say they were in the social distance camp, wouldn't you, Jay? Granny and Paul? I mean, they, yeah. they I didn't hear my grandpa speak for about the first five years. <laughs> he didn't speak much. He, he, didn't, he, much he, yeah. he didn't say anything. He, you know? was, 
Very, but when he did get going about Ezekiel or whatever he was uh, happened to be on, he he you know he had his moments. You know, when he died, I read the the book of Ezekiel because I thought that was his favorite book. Oh, he, he was kind, he loved it. He preached out and of so it. So then I read the the book and I thought, Whew. he wasn't much of a speaker. I have to say, I mean, I loved him and you know appreciated him, but he didn't have a very dynamic way no. of going about it. But he. Man, he studied the Bible. He and, and Granny too. She, when we she, went to that little church that Phil and them started out here in our community, every time he would get up to preach, I would lean over and tell Willie or whoever. I'd say, "Turn over to the Book of Ezekiel," and he'd say, "Turn over to the Book of Ezekiel." <laughs> every sermon was out of Ezekiel. If you do not carefully follow all the words of this law, which are written in this book, Old Testament. 3,500 years ago, 3,500 years ago. And if you do not revere this glorious and awesome name, the Lord your God, the Lord will send fearful plagues on you and your descendants. So it'll be a generational thing. Harsh and prolonged disasters and severe and lingering illnesses he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt that you dreaded, and they, the diseases, will cling to you. Hard to cure. Low on antibiotics in this time frame. The Lord will also bring on you every kind of sickness and disaster not recorded in this book of the law until you are destroyed. You read a 3,500-year-old writing like that, and you say, <clears throat> well, one thing's for sure. The viral infection, the pestilences, and the and and the, the plagues, it's Al. It's not a new thing. No, they've always this, been. This around. is way back. So you look at that and you say, "Hmm, judgment of God on on the human race." All I know is He has done that before. True. It's alluded to in the New Testament that First Corinthians ten where in one day 23,000 died because they got up and just went nuts with being immoral in front of him. And he but he said, also allowed Job to be attacked by the evil one who put diseases. That is correct. So I'm not, so I'm just, I'm not I'm just quick saying, to give the blame. It's not a new thing. No. No, that's true, but it. how do you know which camp it is? You well, know, there you go. Al and I, Al did the service yesterday in virtual yeah, it was a live stream. So yeah. basically, like most large churches, we've got about a thousand members church, and so instead of meeting, um, you know, our governor asked, you know, for people not to meet bigger than a couple hundred people. Well, so, now it's fifty. Yeah, I saw that. It's getting in, even in lower. twenty-four hours. It's gone from two fifty to fifty. So, so we, so we basically, uh, Mike and I, uh, my co-pastor at the church, so we got together and just basically gave a you know a little charge to the church most of the church was meeting either they were just their families or a lot of them yeah, it was just my family at the house groups, we yeah. we like live stream three different services ours which we is took a, the lord's you know, supper it was it was good right but one of the verses i recommended that you re- you read and you did yeah uh, you. was because i'm gonna see this is really good see that and raise uh feel psalm 103 one through five Praise the Lord, O my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Praise the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. 
who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I think it's in this time that gives me comfort knowing that I may not need a miracle, but I have the one who's capable of any kind of healing or miraculous Mm -hmm. power who's for me. I have a relationship with him. So what am I worried about? And that was part of our point yesterday was since you don't know, is this from the almighty? Is this from the evil one? Is this some other deal from nature? It's how we react to it becomes the thing because anytime you're living in something, I mean, I was like most people, and Jason, you were probably there. Like, I felt like the whole thing was overblown at the beginning because I was like, you know, not that many people. I mean, you, you hate anybody to die, but compared to other things, most people were talking in that vein. So I felt like it was a little overblown. But once we got there, once it became what it's become, then you got to figure out how you're going to deal with it. Cause, All right. You know, you're, because, you know, now I was like you, and, and Missy was more than me. She's like, this is ridiculous. What are these people? I mean, it's the flu. It's, right, right. But when you kind of realize that here's our country, you know, we're Americans, and they said, let's come up with a plan mm-hmm. to try and save as many people as possible and to keep the virus from spreading. So let's self-quarantine. Let's, right. you know, and it's, it's evolved. All the sporting events shut down and you go through this. And so now I get it. I thought you had a good point yesterday. They're basically trying to protect the vulnerable, which is pretty much people over 60, I guess. Or 70. And or, I mean, the numbers get higher as the older you get. And it's like my assistant said, you know, because here I have all these events. Well, my I had an event in Detroit, Michigan yeah, this past us, weekend. T- tell them what happened on that. Yeah, and they didn't cancel the event. I kept sending their text saying, are you sure they're not canceling? I mean, Detroit, Michigan's a long way. They're not canceling. <laughs> So I get on a plane, and to my surprise, because I'd been watching the media, I thought there was going to be no one on the airport. I thought I would be literally by myself. (laughs) But I looked around. Nope, the plane's full. So I'm like, well, I don't guess these people got the memo either. (laughs) So I I go to Atlanta. I look. Oh, there's tens of thousands of people. Like I'm always. like, well, what? Where? And not many yeah. masks either, right? Like I was very few. few. I I told Missy I'd say less than one percent. Yep. You know. So we make it to Detroit, it's Michigan. It's hard for 300 million people to hide. Well, right. And <laughs> so we get to the event, and I, you know, start. They they had it was a Christian school, and uh, the kids who had sold the most tickets or whatever, I had a little deal with them, but they said that was going to last 15 minutes. Well, after about two hours, you know, I'm looking around at my assistant and said, what happened to 15? I've been here two hours, you know, and it was good because I was sharing Jesus with kids and how to live like Jesus in school. And I'm, but I was running out of material after a couple hours because what I didn't know is the governor of Michigan had passed this edict because I was right there in the moment and the hotel where they were going to host the dinner and where I was going to speak to everyone. They said, you can't come here. And now they had 600 people. And this group was saying, we're going to trust God and we're going to meet. And the people at the event said, well, you can trust God all you want, but you ain't meeting here. <laughs> <laughs> trust him somewhere else. Well, right? yeah. So they then, asked, I, my assistant got to do an investigation. So how, how close are you to the start of the event when, when you get this Well, work? they said at 5 o'clock is when the 
edict from the governor goes into place. Well, it's like three o'clock right now because I'm at the school that's you know getting the funds. The axe has fallen, but the ramifications. <laughs> well, well, well I wasn't going to speak till seven. <laughs> And so they kind of asked me about it. I was like, well, it's easier to get forgiveness than permission, you know. But then they, they told me, that well, the place said, you can't come here. We'll, we'll lock the doors. And so they're all sitting around thinking what we're going to do. And I, I find myself kind of in the board meeting because I looked around. I was like, this is the board of this school, and we're having a meeting, and I'm here. And so they're all talking about, you know, maybe we should just order pizza and have it here and – I, I thought, what what are we doing here? I was like, can we not postpone this? And when I said that, it was like, oh, well, yeah, sure we can. You know, let's get the calendars out. So we, I think they were feeling like it was weird because I'm here. Yeah. And we were fixed to do this, but now we're not. So what does that mean to our negotiation? And it got awkward. And I'm like, no, I'll just come back. And so uh, if you're in the Michigan area, I think I'll be back like June 11th. So hopefully it has died down back then. Let's take a quick break and uh, we'll come back because Dad had a cancellation. I want to talk about that too. So anyway, I spent two days in Detroit, one of the greatest airports there is in the world. Yeah, I've been there. It's it's awesome. So I got to know it well. But on the way back, I thought, you know what? I'm not going to let, because I sensed the fear and panic. You know, everybody was keeping their distance, you know, and I had my little cotton gloves on like that was going to do something. (laughs) But people are recognizing me everywhere I go, you know, because I have germaphobe tendencies already. And I thought. Which are handy now. I thought, you know what I'm going to do on the way back home? I'm going to do the exact opposite of what I would normally do. I said, I'm not going to be a part of the fear and panic because i'm out here i'm with the thousands of people you know so it started when i got to uh i was walking by the little pretzel shop uh what are those things Any uh, yeah yeah i was gonna get me those little cinnamon i mean they're they're good if you had, had ever had them so i get I up like there the little hot dog pretzel i can't eat it on my diet but. well i'm in line and people are recognizing me because i got my camo on and you know i'm taking pictures and, that, and that's what i'm saying why am i am i gonna be fearful because because, you know, for who I am and where I go, people, they put their arm around you and we take a picture and, you know, it's kind of weird. Don't touch me. Don't touch well, me. All right. And I'm like, you know what? I'm all in. Gloves are off. Because one of the ladies in line, she was like, you know, her flight's been delayed. You know, I'm on the plane with you. And I'm like, yeah, it's weird because I don't know this woman. But someone's, you know, that's the normal person. They don't have people coming up saying, hey, our flight's. She's delayed. giving you a personal update. Yeah, she yeah. knows I'm headed to Monroe, and she knows I'm Jason. We're nowhere near our gate. And I said, are you sure? And she's like, oh, I'm 100% sure. I was like, well, thank you. I thought, which is so nice, yeah. you know, yeah. and it had. She was right. Yeah. So I bought my little pretzel, and uh, then I just left my change because it was like two or three bucks. I put a 20, and I was like, I'm going to leave this money here, and everybody that's behind me, I want to pay for whatever they order until this money's gone. Well, when I did that, because I thought I'm going to do the opposite of what I'm fixed to be engaging. I'm buying everybody pretzels. <laughs> well, they all started hooping and hollering. It's not big a, bucks, but it's a, it's a kind gesture. Yeah. Yeah. It's a random act of kindness. Yeah. I, I, and so it was an Oprah moment for Jay. So I, I like did it. an Oprah moment. So look, so then I go down to my gate and I sat down. There was an African American. I thought there was a couple, but it was a, it was a man and his daughter. And they just start going nuts like loud and screaming and 
I'm looking at them because I don't know why I didn't think, oh, they're Duck Dynasty fans. That wasn't my first reaction. Mm -hmm. And finally, the girl, the daughter said, we're the biggest Duck Dynasty fans ever. And so then the guy, his name was Oscar, huge guy, had kind of blonde braided hair. So, I mean, you could see this guy from the moon. But uh, <laughs> he was like, man, my brother is going to go crazy. So I said, call him up. Because that, that's what I'm well, saying. Yeah, I, yeah. FaceTime. Let's do it. You're doing your George Costanza. Yeah. Do the, every, do everything opposite, every that I don't want to do, I'm doing. <laughs> and so, look, we call his brother up. and his, So he's talking. He's like, look, I met somebody in the airport. Because he's all like, well, you know, you ain't got the coronavirus. They start talking about the coronavirus. I said, see? <laughs> so when he put that camera to me, this guy goes crazy. He just starts screaming. Ah, Jay, ah, ah. So then I start screaming. Ah. Well, he's panning the room, and he's living in Virginia. And he gets to his wife, and she's just looking like this. And I went, uh-oh. I said, <laughs> not a fan. Yeah, I said, she doesn't like Duck Duck. But she was, she was uh, tricking me. And then she started screaming, you know. Ah. Well, I'm screaming. Well, I look around. Everybody in the whole end of the airport deal where we're gathering up, which is all where the small town. Everybody's so laughing. So you're in Atlanta at this point? Yeah, I'm in yeah. the Atlanta airport okay. now. Okay. You're infusing and a little joy. Everybody's laughing. And your fellow man. Look, you know what I mean? Everybody's <laughs> happy now, whether they die, live, <laughs> or die. Because we got Jason Duck Dynasty. So look, so then they go to their son. It's like 1.30 in the afternoon. And he's he doesn't have a shirt on. He's back in Virginia on the phone. And he, I was like, he looked like he just got out of bed. He said, oh, he did. I was like, oh, y'all got bigger problems than that. Your son is sleeping at 1 o'clock? Everybody's laughing, you know. So we did this. Well, then other people, uh, people from the military came up. One of them's wife. It was her birthday. I was like, call her up. FaceTime. So I did this for a couple of hours. Because you were delayed anyway. I was delayed anyway. And I thought, you know what? This is this is what's meaningful about social interaction. Because there wasn't anything we could do anyway. And so, I mean, there was too many people to get 10 feet away from somebody. Yeah, exactly. You know, it was packed. Six feet, Jay. Six feet. Is it six? That's the code. <laughs> so I thought y'all would get a thrill. According to Fox News. Y'all would get a thrill out of that. And look, here's the here's why I told you that story. I, I thought about 2 Corinthians 11 because I wanted to tie it into something biblical. But I thought, you know, when you look at Paul's life, I mean, he was in prison. You remember that time where he was praying and singing, you know. But when he got to 2 Corinthians 11 and he said, you know, everybody's boasting about you know, their sufferings and what they've been through. And he just said, and here we are thinking about the virus going around. And Paul said, let me just explain to you what I've been through. And he says, I've worked much harder. I've been in prison more frequently. I've been flogged severely. I've been exposed to death again and again. Five times I received from the Jews the 40 lashes minus one. Three times I was <clears throat> beaten with rods. I was shipwrecked. Remember, you know, a snake yep. bit him yep. during during that, a venomous snake. Uh, I spent a night and a day in the open seas. I've been constantly on the move. I've been in danger from rivers, in danger from bandits, in danger from my own countrymen, in danger from Gentiles, in danger in the city, in danger in the country, in danger at sea, and in danger from false brothers. I've labored and told I've gone without sleep. I've known hunger and thirst. I've gone without food. I've been cold and naked. And he said, besides everything else, I face the daily pressures 
of all the churches. He's like, who is weak and I do not feel weak? And my point is, I thought, I'm not going to sit around and act like I'm scared of getting this. Now, I'm going to do what you said. We're going to be team players with our country and try to protect the, the vulnerable. vulnerable. Yep. But I'm out here now. <laughs> And I feel like people need a little hope and a little social interaction. So guess what? I'm going to do it. And I had another African-American brother come up and he asked me, he said, he said, do you think this, this pestilence is the sign of the end of times? And I said, I know where you're getting that from, but I'm just going to tell you right now in a short answer. No, I said, I'm not worried about something with the equivalent of the flu going around. What if we get it? What if we die? Me and you, we we going to heaven. We're yeah. not worried about that. That's I right. was like, you can't believe a passage that says First Thessalonians four: When we die, we don't grieve like the rest of men. Well, we also don't panic like the rest of men right. when there's a virus going around. That's that is correct. So that was kind of my theme. Yeah. I know that was a long story, but I just thought that's what I did this weekend. I said that yesterday <clears throat> in the sermon. Same thing. You know, it's just we're not like the rest. When you have hope. And you mm-hmm. believe in the resurrection? It's Look, different. There, if there is no God, <clears throat> if there is no God, we all together are going to die. Whether there's a God or whether there's not a God, we terminal. are all going to die. We're all terminal. We're all terminal. That being the case, I feel a lot more confident, and I'm more at ease after. Reading the Bible story about the resurrection of the dead, I look at that and I say, you know, when you get right down to it, whether it be a viral infection, a gunshot, a snake bite, lightning struck you, a car wreck, heart attack, you start down the list, there's 10,000 ways to die, and you're like, you know what? I feel pretty good here. At least I have one thing, hope. That's right. I have hope. Therefore, I'm like Jace. Just make the best of it, you know. Try to obey the governing authorities. But you say, Miss K calls up and she said, "We just got off the plane from our vacation, whatever they were. They all took off and went north." Well, they were real concerned. Oh yeah. So they get to Miss K said, "People are running around in these stores." I've got to wait 45 minutes to get hamburger stuff. If I, you know, I thought I was going to have hamburgers when I came back. I said, Miss Kay, "Oh, there's no hamburger meat in the store." Oh yeah, no hamburger meat. We got you. Got to wait till they grind it. And she said, <laughs> "They are running around." <clears throat> this is Miss K. She said, "They're running around like it's the end of the world." That's right. So what I'm Which saying is, is some people are filled with fear. A lot of people are. I will just add here to the audience, and for good reason. Look, you take away hope, biblical hope, faith in Jesus, the resurrection of the dead. You take that away from a human being, you won't believe how afraid they will live their life. Oh, I mean, Phil, look, you think about what I do. Uh, Hold at that point, Jason. We've got to take a quick break and then uh, come Do not fear was the most off thing Jesus said. Don't fear. Don't fear. Don't be afraid. Agreed. Quick break, and then Jason can come in. You say, what do we do at times like this? I, I study. I study the Word. People without Jesus, you say, what do they do? They go buy toilet paper. <laughs> I, I mean, that's really what it comes he down to. He shared in the humanities <laughs> so that by his death, so that he might destroy him who holds the power of death. 
that is the devil, and free those who all their lives were held in slavery by their fear of death. Mm-hmm. The reason they're afraid to die, whether it be coronavirus or anything else, they don't have a faith in the one who can raise them from the dead. Yeah, it reminds it's them. It's another good that, reason that to rethink, rethink their position. I it, mean, give it me a break. It reminds them that they're frail. You know, I've had a bit for the years, you know, when I speak about the products, you know, that, that corporations produce in the world that try to sell people on spiritual qualities. They, they try to take your money by subliminally using marketing of selling things only found in Christ. And I've never seen it more clear as I have during this virus. And, and people don't notice this. You take toilet paper. Your two leading brands, well, well Charmin just came out just this past year with their new product, which was called Charmin Forever. And it was a roll the size of a wagon wheel. <laughs> And what was crazy is I was watching when it was revealed. I was watching the uh, the stock market channel, and they said, "Look, this is our new product," and it said "Charmin Forever." And I thought, "Well, that's weird. Why would they name it that?" And then the guy said, "It says it'll last you up to a month," and I'm like, "Well, that's not forever." <laughs> but you said, "Well, why are they selling that to you?" Because in there now, I get it. Because that's the number one item that people are searching for during this crisis. And my question is why? I can't figure it out. You don't get diarrhea, by well, the way, with the virus. It, I mean, I, first I thought, well, people just don't understand. They think you get diarrhea. I need a lot of toilet paper. But, I mean, toilet paper, I don't know. It just seemed like on the all toilet the things. Paper I think either. if you're going to wipe off every piece of uh, furniture and Easy. every wire and every oh, door no, handle and every door if you're going to you have to wipe it with something oh i see what well you're, you're going to run out of rags so you say <laughs> well, Phil, they have they have chemically that's the only thing i forgot they have to wipe off everything well they have including your behind <laughs> clorox wipes i mean for that oak leaves for your behind <laughs> is a lot cheaper and it will work that's when you're under quarantine What's and the you best run one? out of Overcup, overcup, over, over but sometimes <laughs> well, what you, would you sometimes pores and ivy will come up an overcup <laughs> tree. Ooh, you have that. to know the difference in the shape of the lead between pores and ivy, which will give you some anal problems, <laughs> and and the big overcup acorn leaf. <laughs> oh wait a minute, let's just you, you, you because look for everybody who missed the toilet paper, you best know the difference. The I want to give we the, mentioned anal problems on the unashamed look, podcast. Let's give saying. the top three leaves for people who missed the toilet paper run. What would you say the top three leaves? Overcup oak tree, but overcup overcup, and also uh, another sweet gum gum trees. It's got a pretty so, good leaf on it. Oh, a maple okay. leaf is pretty good. Yeah, for people we don't have maple broad trees. leaves. You want yeah, the broad, you want broad leaves. leaves. You don't broad, want the obviously. You don't want a holly bush, uh, no. cedar tree, all that. No, no good. Well, and and when does poison ivy come out? I think it's still dormant right now. Yeah, well, it's it fixed. It'll fix yeah, it right be out though. But the vine so, still can nail you. See, this is what we're going to talk about in the quarantine series. Yeah. This is what people don't know. Well, that's a good. Some leaves uh, do not, especially <laughs> in that area. Don't mess with those leaves. There's a lot of leaves out there that would cause you some misery. <laughs> 
you act like you know this from experience. I, no, I'm, I'm alert. I'm, I mean, I'm immune to it. Really? The, the poison ivy, I can take it, and it does not bother me. Well, I'm not. So I'm I, immune to it. I proceed with caution. When but I, I know a lot of people who are not immune to it. That's an area we don't want to. Well, I, I got back from my trip from Michigan. I go to the grocery store. Well, it looked like, in some sections, it looked just like a bomb went off. There was nothing. There was no water, no toilet paper, no milk, no eggs, no dried beans, yeah. no peanut oil. None. I, I couldn't find any canned beans. Yeah. So I just thought maybe the toilet paper and the bean connection. I, w- I was trying to make the <laughs> the food that's well, being consumed. I, it just was so. I did see a funny tweet that said it said the the same. It showed a guy had three shopping carts, just toilet paper piled up bigger than he was. I mean, I there's. I mean, it was 150 rolls of toilet paper, and it yeah. said it is interesting that the same people that said we don't need that much ammo. People don't need as much ammo as they're buying. Seem to think you need a lot of toilet paper. Yeah, which is probably a good. Which point. is my point, though. These people are trying to sell these these spiritual principles, and you know, I thought about just all the products out there that do that. The other brand was that Angel Soft. You know, I'm like angelic. How do you know the softness of the angelic world? Yeah. <laughs> this is so soft. On the food stuff. Because uh, you're floating on a cloud with the angels. That's the gotta, people, they think, oh, i got to have it. it. That's the softest in the – because it's angels. got to remember, soft. under self-quarantine, I'm able to get away with that down in here because Miss Kay, your mother, she has – I'm not going to call her a hoarder – but she has hoarding tendencies. <laughs> but for some reason, she literally it has a stockpile of food, either canned goods, oh, yeah. uh, one, two, three, four, about four or five freezers. I mean, we have ducks that we harvested during the winter. We have them; they're all dressed, but bagged up, you know. And I mean, there's deer meat, and of course, fish. We can just go catch them. Oh, just, that's right. We yeah. can just go catch fish. You know, we, we never fail. We, we can get them. We've had the tackle <laughs> to get them. So you say, no matter what month it is. So we got plenty of fish. We can make trot lines in ten minutes. Make a line with hooks on it. Get them baited. I mean, there's nets of all kinds. So what I'm saying is, there is a vast array. I would say, just off the top of my head, uh, a year's supply of of uh, various. Mm-hmm. Just go with the canned goods. I mean, look, she has several walk-in pantries where you look and you're like, boy, what do you, what do you want? Yeah. In, in any line. So well, Missy I'm was just so... saying, I don't. She did that. Not this is way before we ever heard of coronavirus. She just keeps that kind of stockpile. Of, well, and of, of good. It's because you live out rice so. and big, big things like this. It's you know? because you live so far out. So let's well, take a quick true. break, and uh, Jason, you give us your thought. So Missy was so upset that people are this upset, but now she realizes, okay, we're gonna we're gonna go with the plan and try to help the vulnerable, which is fine. But I noticed because now I've been fishing almost every day. I was I was fishing yesterday in Willie's Pond. And I sent someone was watching me, you know, so I eased around. Look, well, it's Willie. He's got his bug. He's been fishing all day because now it's like we're kids again. You know, we can't go out. Let's just well, go fishing. Just, all there's day. no sports on TV. Yeah. yeah. And I strapped it. He had fished all day and he had six and I caught seven in 15 minutes because he didn't know there was a submerged 
Christmas tree where it was. I showed it to him because he owns it. So I thought that would take <laughs> That's the least you could do. Yeah, that's what I it thought. Since it was his little lake. Since I'm busted here, how about I tell him where the tree is? And he's like, you're not going to catch any. I've been fishing all day in six. And I said, well, see that there? Because my cork, I had a cork with a jig on the bottom. I said, see that cork? My cork was sideways. I said, I'm on the back of a fish right now. He said, no, you're not. You're hung up. I said, I fish here all the time. That, that cork, my my bait is lying on the back of a fish. That's why that cork is sideways. And he said, "Well, what are you what are you waiting on?" I said, "I'm waiting on him to eat it." I said, "He's going to get it." He said, "What?" I was, he's like, "You're you're crazy." And I said, "Nope, I was waiting on that." Then that cork just went. I said, yep, see, here we go. You know, then I started my so I, look. I threw it out there again because they weren't biting. Because usually they just hit it when it's coming in there but i put it right over that top and i was like oh there what there it is again i said i'm on another back he's like are you serious you'd wait about a minute and it sunk. i said he just can't stand it you know it's just laying so, there next to him well we caught the fish but my wife i noticed she's using now these skills that i possess to live off the land she's using that as a social media lightning rod because she showed the process she came down she took a picture you know me cleaning them I was like, what's she taking all these pictures for? You know, and I've told you the romance that follows, which is awesome. She showed me cooking them for sex. She's got a whole nother. That's right. She showed, you know, showed us eating them, and she's like, uh, you know, something to the effects on social media. You know, I'm blessed with, you know, it was like gun toting, fish pole toting. Uh, you know, wilderness man living in God's grocery store, something like that. And then she put a hashtag, how you like me now? So I was like, boy, you've gotten excited over this. <laughs> Sounds like to me she got a little carried away. <laughs> well, I mean, she just said everybody's fearing and panicking. And then they're like, what are you married to a wild man for? And she's like, in this environment, I feel secure. Because we we don't have to panic and go to the grocery store if we need something to eat. My man, she went that what was that guy who says you know I possess a certain set of skills. Oh, that's a that, Liam Neeson on Taken. Yeah, yeah. I have that yeah. in the wilderness yeah. world. I possess a certain set of skills. Oh, we yeah. will eat tonight. <laughs> no problem on the grub. So yesterday we had a just to show you even even with a weird situation. Um, you know, people, there was a guy that came here, uh, Kenny, our new brother, uh, came from North Carolina and, uh, cause his birthday was yesterday. So he wanted to get baptized on his birthday. I mean, he, and he, Kenny plays poker. So, and the church is closed, the church is closed, <laughs> except we were there cause we were doing the live stream. So we were like, come on in. And there was a handful of people there that didn't get the memo or whatever. There were probably about 20 people, 30 maybe. And so Kenny comes in, and he had a shirt that someone on his staff, he owned some restaurants in North Carolina, and it had uh, had a verse. I can't remember the verse, but then it had the day yesterday. So it was a camo T-shirt he was hmm. wearing yesterday. And so he's like, this is my birthday, but this is going to be my new birthday, you know. And so it was yeah. really cool. And so Dad and I – baptized him and but i just thought about it even with everything going on like he left here rejoicing he sent me a text that he got in like two in the morning he drove all the way back to north carolina but that's what kind of our focus is is that like life goes on new birth i mean like things well, happen as hey. i as i told him when he told me that he said today's my birthday i said that first birth from your mother 
get you on the earth, Kenny. I said, the second birth is fixed to take place down in that river down there. I said, that'll get you off the earth. That's a good line. That's a good line. And so I, and uh, there was another, uh, there were three people from California. There's a young guy. I'm sorry. I can't remember your name. I know you're watching the podcast, but they were from California. They were just passing through. But here's what I love about our church. So Beverly Dobbs, you know, they, they're meet Cause there's a little handful of people there. They meet them. And, you know, we kind of felt bad cause we, we really didn't have the whole thing we normally do and so she was like why don't y'all come over to our group tonight we got our group you know and they were like well yeah because we, they weren't leaving till today and so there i heard them making all their plans they were like what do we need to bring there oh, i don't we got plenty of food just y'all come on and so i was thinking man that's that's the way you want to be like they were just so hospitable and they were like man we want you to have a great experience while you're here yeah and, and so they were going to their group that night which i thought that you know so in spite well, of the virus in spite of the fears in spite of all the stuff it's like Life goes on, you know. I mean, yep. lives change, you know, things like that matter. So, well, look, when I was telling you about coming back from uh, on the on the airplane, I mean, I had other things that happened. There was a mom that had there was a mom and the dad. They had three kids, and I got their ages. It was like two and a half, one and a half, and four weeks. Oh wow! And they're on the plane. Wow! And I noticed the mom; she wiped down you know, oh, the yeah. seats and all. But when I looked at her, she looked like a canvas for these three kids. Everything they had thrown at her up until this point. I mean, she is just a mess. <laughs> and I watched her and just an awesome mom. I mean, just yeah. she was talking to the kids and been full control and she disciplined the kids. And I Which just is thought, awesome. this and I, I met them at, you know, when we were getting off the plane. And I just said, I nominate you Mother of the Year. I, I don't, I know I have no capacity of that. I said, but I just, I watched you. It was just impressive, you know. And she just, I could tell it was a special moment for her that somebody acknowledged that. But anyway, I was walking with the, I took a picture with the captain who flew the plane. And when we were walking out, but as I was leaving, well, everybody I had met from the, you know, the pretzel line to the, <laughs> To a big Oscar who was on the plane, and they were all hollering, hey, "Was he?" And he's like, "How do you?" And and plus, I think it was such a diverse group because it was probably half African Americans, mm. half white people. Some looked poor, some looked rich. He's like, "How do how do you know all these people?" I was like, "Well, I just met them." I said, "But what we have in common, because every one of them in those moments, we had spiritual conversations about Jesus." And I said, "That's that's what." Because now indirectly i'm sharing jesus with him because i was like well we have a bond in jesus that you know we're not really we're concerned for the vulnerable in the coronavirus era i said but what we share in jesus is way greater than that it puts a smile on your face let's take one last break and then we'll wrap it up so jace the, the verse that i read yesterday which to me this verse sounds just like what you did which is awesome, and and what we did too. But but it it really fits what you did at the airport. Uh, it's from Philippians four, and it's verse four. And Paul says, "Rejoice in the Lord always." I will say it again, rejoice. That's that idea about joy. Mm-hmm. You know, even in spite of tough circumstances, let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Present your request to God, and, and here's the key. Then the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Yeah. I mean, in a crisis, that's a great way to just – that's how I should go about my life. Well, that's why I read the Second Corinthians 11. Maybe I should have spelled it out. Look, you're, God never promised you – 
promises you a pain-free, stress-free life. I mean, Paul, he gave a list, and none of our lists can compare to that. There's going to be danger. There's going to be, you know, things that happen Tough just times. in life for whatever reason, and, you know, this is one of them. He but had then taken when, numerous beatings. Oh, yeah. Beat to fire, finally killed him, by For the way. loving Jesus. That's right. yep. I mean, it wasn't like he was doing something wrong. So when you read something like that in Philippians, you know, Despite all our problems and, and stress and even the bad things that happen, we can find some joy that we know that's not about this life, you know, in its in, in entirety. We, we can have joy despite suffering and Immortality and is a great thing to be sitting on. Right. So we are, we're, assuming, Hard to top. we're assuming there's a, <clears throat> even more people that are going to be tuning in. Um, cause you know, there's no sports on TV. You know, a lot of our audiences guys. So, uh, that's one of the reasons why we want to talk about this today. And as we go, go forward, uh, just to kind of give our take on what's important in the biblical way to try to approach this. Cause it is a crazy time for our culture and everything that's going on. So appreciate you guys tuning in today to unashamed. So we're so glad you guys were with us today. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Facebook. And be sure and rate us on iTunes so that other people can know about the podcast.